0: We are definitely having this kind of like GPT moment right now. And definitely as someone who has been in the AI space and aware of generative AI and its capabilities for a little bit, I didn't quite get at first why this model at this time was getting so much attention. But I really think that part of it is that OpenAI kind of cracked the code on the chat part of ChatGPT.
1: It can pass graduate level exams build code for websites, and even craft the perfect pickup line just based on your dating app profile. It can also increase cyber attacks, making it a lot easier for just about anybody to create their own malware, phishing emails, and other dangerous content. Hi, I'm Sean Serber, and today on Let's Converge, we're talking ChatGPT, the hype and the hope. People are obsessed with ChatGPT and other new chatbots powered by artificial intelligence. They're also a little freaked out. In fact, we're recording this on the day that Elon Musk and Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak and a group of other prominent scientists published a petition calling for a six-month pause in the AI race. They say tech companies are moving too fast and they're rolling out technologies we don't fully understand. The fears surrounding these chatbots are not unfounded. But here's where the hope comes in. The same tool that can be used by cyber criminals can also fuel a firestorm of new defensive technologies to protect businesses, government agencies, and enterprises, large and small. Joining us today is Crystal Jackson, Junior AI Fellow at Georgetown University's Center for Security and Emerging Technology. Crystal's research centers on the future of weaponized AI and the ethics of technology, which sounds absolutely fascinating to me. Welcome to the podcast, Crystal.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So a new study came out this month about phishing emails, you know, those clever messages that trick us into clicking on dangerous links and downloading malware. The researcher studied 53,000 email users in more than 100 countries and found that phishing emails created by humans generated a click rate of 4.2%, while chat GPT emails only got a click through of about 2.9%. So humans are still better at tricking other humans. I don't know if that's cause for celebration or not, but should we feel hopeful about this? As, as advanced as these chatbots are becoming, are humans still better at crime than machines?
0: Yeah, I think that that statistic really speaks volumes. You know, at the heart of phishing scams and phishing messages is the intent to deceive. And that's something that I don't think that we're seeing quite yet with these early iterations of chatbots in particular. You know, they're still a very general purpose technology meant to generate pretty general text. And so that doesn't um completely surprise me that they're not as effective. I think part of the concern is around the volume and the the scale and just sheer amount of phishing messages that you might be able to get out. Um, but certainly, you know, the effectiveness piece is really important as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I I agree. And I, I think it actually makes sense at this point that professional red teamers are going to be better at generating phishing emails than, than chatbots that aren't exactly designed for it. But what about the concept of an AI in the middle, like chatbot interception attack, I'm probably not the first person to call it AI in the middle, but I think I should trademark it anyway. But, you know, when you go to a, a website and it pops up and says, hey, you know, do you want some help? What about malicious actors using something like chat GPT to intercept those connections and allowing that AI to quickly and effectively respond while feeding the uh, the victim bad information, bad links, et cetera?
0: You know, that's really interesting. I think that In a lot of ways, that might be some of the direction that we're going kind of unintentionally. So one of the things that I'm concerned about most is kind of, you know, ChatGPT and these other chatbots being integrated with other real-world systems. There's a really big push right now to get ChatGPT integrated with systems that allow you to book a flight or order groceries, very similar to how Amazon Alexa kind of helps you order stuff as well but for the entire internet. So I could definitely imagine something like this turning into a prime target for attackers um, if every insecure payment system and website suddenly has a chatbot attached to it that um, we've seen has the potential to generate malware, um, string together, you know, exploits in unique ways. That seems like we better have the security of those kinds of systems pretty high before we start plugging them in. And definitely, you know, people can take these systems and weaponize them. That's definitely something I think we need to keep our eye on going forward.
1: I've actually been playing around with uh, a variety of the ones that are, that are out there available now. They're good at at small tasks, but if you try and get them to write an entire program, they, they wander off the rails. Uh, but uh, OpenAI recently released ChatGPT4. So what's new in 4, and how do you think that's going to affect things?
0: GPT4 is definitely like bigger and badder uh, in most ways. Um, Some of the highlights is it's multimodal, which means that you can now input images as well as text. It still doesn't output images, but this definitely um, gives it a larger array of things that it can intake as information. And it can output and intake larger pieces of information. So to your point about, you know, like, Current capabilities, it seems like you have to prompt ChatGPT a lot to get it to string together little pieces of code to put together what would be like a full piece of malware. With GPT-4, it really opens up the ability to put out larger pieces of code, summarize larger pieces of text. For some context, GPT-3 used about uh, 175 billion parameters in its training, and GPT-4 uses trillions which means it's really orders of magnitude better at doing those learning text, those complex problem solving um, and translation kind of skills. It's just better at those.
1: Now, is it true that ChatGPT exists kind of in a, in a bubble in time, as it were? It's only looking at content that was fed to it as part of the training, whereas I'm seeing things like the new AI bots from... Microsoft and Google are touting the fact that they're looking live at the web.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of the limitations of some of these systems and something that um, different developers are trying to address in different ways. So there was indication that, for instance, at some coding tasks, ChatGPT seemed to have a a cutoff. It was obviously looking at some of the popular platforms for, you know, uh, where you could test your coding skills and kind of upload them and compare to other people. And there was a sharp cutoff at, I think, about September 2021 or about that time, where it was no longer able to compete on the new coding challenges after that, which would indicate that, you know, it just wasn't trained on that data. Um, And so it's doing something closer to recalling information than really being creative or smart in any way. But some developers, like you mentioned, they're trying to address that by having continuous learning. And I think that's something that's really exciting, but it's also something that gives us less control over what information these models do and don't have. So that's, you know, more consideration.
1: So why do you think people are so fixated on these AI chatbots? You know, everybody everybody's talking about it. It's generating a lot of excitement. But is it, in your opinion, is it primarily hype? or is this a significant step in the evolution of our interaction with the digital world?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, we are definitely having this kind of like GPT moment right now, and definitely as someone who has been in the AI space and aware of generative AI and its capabilities for a little bit, um, I didn't quite get at first why this model at this time was getting so much attention, but. I really think that part of it is that OpenAI kind of cracked the code on the chat part of ChatGPT. So to me, it's very conversational in nature. It's able to pull together all of these disparate pieces of information that we haven't really seen done in this way before in a really nice, easy-to-use user interface and because of that, like you want to actually use it, it's, it's engaging, it's conversational. So for me, it's all those little elements that really makes it kind of the phenomenon that we're seeing right now.
1: At this point, no one really knows for sure how much these chatbots can do, right? So what should enterprise leaders and cybersecurity professionals focus on? What are the areas of legitimate concern?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, it essentially does three things really well, and that would be filling in the information gap so it has the potential to assist someone who maybe has a lower level of knowledge that would normally you know not be able to pull off some of these more sophisticated attacks and really elevate them into um that like more sophisticated adversary filling in their their knowledge on different subjects um really quickly and efficiently more than just you know going on google or taking a course would allow you to do The second thing is it really helps with the generating and automating of this code and text production. As we saw a couple months ago, a research group that was able with a little bit of prompting to get the platform to create a polymorphic virus. And it created code for everything from the DLL injection all the way to the code for finding and encrypting files. And so we could definitely see that that capability is there, but it took a team of pretty advanced researchers to be able to get the prompting right, and they did hit the chatbot safeguards, but they were able to ultimately bypass them. The third is something that I think is on the horizon, which is um, tailored models by organizations that maybe, again, do not care so much about safety and security, that might actually want to create, on the backbone of things like ChatGPT, models that are specifically designed for hacking and for malicious activity. So I think that those are some of the things that, when you kind of break it down that way, it, it gives you a clearer sense of what the concerns are. And um, I think for all those cases, we still have the the tools to be able to address them.
1: So when all said and done, scale of one to 10, your professional opinion, one being you're totally chill on it, 10, you're being pretty freaked out on it. Where do you stand on AI bots like ChatGPT?
0: I would say that I'm maybe a four. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. And honestly, I'm pretty excited. There's gonna be like just a wave of really cool applications that pop up as a result of all of this. And although we recognize that we have a lot of hurdles to overcome to see the real benefits, um, I'm feeling pretty confident that we can get there.
1: Good, good. I mean, that makes me feel more confident. So that's a good thing. You know, it's interesting. What I'm seeing is these AI are really good at rapid response, analyzing massive data sets, you know, that sort of thing which strikes me is of greater value to defenders than attackers. You know, as they say, the attacker's only got to be right once, the defender has to be right every time. So being able to analyze, you know, your, your closed environment more effectively, more rapidly, and looking for malicious attacks, I think AI's got some really interesting value there. What are your thoughts? Do you think uh, that this is going to be better in the long run for defenders than attackers?
0: That's a really interesting question. It's definitely one that I think about all the time. It's hard to say either way, but I have to say that definitely as defenders, we're not losing out, right? So you hinted at all those things that AI really gives an advantage for. And one thing that's really interesting that just popped up that's new is, for instance, Microsoft Security Copilot as a new uh, GPT-4 AI assistant for cybersecurity tasks. So, you know, it's able to do some of those things you're saying, like analyze code snippets. um, And really one of the big things I'm excited about is automation. Um, Usually you know, especially if you're a smaller organization. Automating some of your security processes could be really like timely and costly. And this seems like it could really give a big advantage to those kinds of organizations, having their analyses or reverse engineering processes or some of these things are a little bit more complex, um, have automation steps along the way. And so those kinds of features I think are really exciting. And again, it's a general purpose technology. So as quickly as they can make malicious applications, we can make defensive applications. And um, I think we have a little bit more of the advantage in terms of the structures and, and people that we have on our side uh, trying to build those, so.
1: Well, that's good, that's good, I like that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, if you can, about your research investigating the, the potential of weaponizing AI.
0: Yeah, so some of my research in the past has kind of looked at that um, offensive versus defensive question that you asked before. I tried to do some basic mathematical modeling of how AI might impact different areas of cybersecurity, like the ability to exploit versus patch vulnerabilities, phishing. Currently, though, I've kind of transitioned into using reinforcement learning for autonomous cyber defense. So again, giving defenders um, those tools to kind of uplift cybersecurity and give us an advantage. And so that's, that's my main focus right now.
1: You just raised a really interesting point in my head Um, using AI for education. They went to for, certification exams a long time ago, sort of more of a an interactive model. As you're getting questions right, it skips sections of questions, right? Is there a space for uh, not just cybersecurity education, but education in general, where students could interact with an AI to learn faster, more effectively, um, and you know more completely than they're getting from textbooks and and looking things up on wikipedia which i'm sure they're not supposed to do
0: yeah absolutely i think one of the things that's really interesting about again this kind of like gpt moment that we're having right now is we're kind of narrowed in on all these little sub areas or or examples of things like, yes, it might make adversarial behavior better or worse, etc. But I think this kind of larger question of how, like, how will these models change how we do education? How will they change how we think about like cybersecurity overall? And I think that it's really making us rethink a lot of these things, you know, just not to the point of like, can it help us be better at learning and and getting through education, but also finding out that a lot of the things that we do in the education space are not maybe as effective or are not going to be able to be the standards that we had from before. You know, we've seen so many articles uh, as much as I've seen the articles about malicious uses. I've seen students are cheating. Like, I think about half of students are now using uh, GPT in some way. So it's definitely making us have this larger conversation of like, what is the role of these models in society and in everyday life? And we're definitely going to have to uh, rethink some of these things.
1: It is. That's that's a big deal. Uh, in fact it was it was one of the first things that I was thinking about as I started plugging around here and I started using uh, chat GPT to just generate some text for me. Hey, you know, write this story, give me this this idea. Uh, when I when I delved too deeply into technical stuff, I found it to be of average use, but the ability to generate unique text it was very skilled at. Uh, so that was my first thought was like, oh man, is this basically going to be a way around plagiarism checkers? Or will teachers, you know, in the future be able to feed a student's text back into ChatGPT to see if it's something that Chat GPT or another bot created? Uh, is that is that something that would even be possible? Interesting questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As far as I know, that's not possible as of right now, but I could definitely see like specific applications for that becoming really popular in the future especially as this becomes like a larger problem in the education space.
1: Yeah, what's your outlook for say the next five years?
0: It's a really early day for this technology. Right now we have this like very myopic view of like, what's it doing right now? But we wanna stay creative, we wanna stay optimistic. I think that's the way that some of the generative AI is going to end up serving us the best. So I don't have really specific answers to that question, unfortunately, but I think that it's definitely going to have like huge impacts for the kinds of things that people just create. Um, and so that's what I'm, I'm most excited for uh, in the next five years and, and going forward.
1: Well, here I was hoping you'd give us some, some hard predictions that we could hold you to, but I can't blame <laughs> you for that. Everything's evolving way too quickly for it. So as we're, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that I haven't asked you about?
0: I guess the last thing that I would just say is like a final word of caution or like a piece that I don't think that maybe is getting as much press is I really hope that, you know, as amazing as all this generative AI is that we don't let it completely replace human decision-making. Um, you know, I hinted at that before, but like we're integrating it into all these different systems. And like the last thing that we want is to lean so heavily on the technology and into the hype that we forget that You know, it's only trained on the information that it was provided and was already out there. Some of the information on the Internet's good. Some of it's really bad. And we need to keep a real premium on critical thinking um, now more than ever as we kind of learn how to use this tech and, and watch it evolve.
1: Wise words. Wise words. You can't replace humans. Uh, as much as as much as sometimes we'd like to, you can't replace humans and so uh, I, I like that. I like that perspective. There's a lot of things that I think that chat GPT and, and other uh, AI bots can do to help us make li- make life easier, make work easier, hopefully not make school easier. But uh, in the end that human creativity I think is going to be something that we can't just replicate with AI at least not anytime in the near future. So thank you so much, Crystal, really appreciate it. I've been talking today with Crystal Jackson, Junior AI Fellow at Georgetown University's Center for Security and Emerging Technologies. If you'd like to read more about ChatGPT, check out Focal Point, Tanium's online cyber news magazine. We've got links to several articles in the show notes or just visit tanium.com. Make sure to subscribe to Let's Converge on your favorite podcast app. And if you like this episode, please give us that five-star rating. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing more cyber insights on the next episode of Let's Converge.